Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of his presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and he wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used his awe to inspire others to follow him deeper in their lives. Today on In Awe by Bruce, we have Christopher Sean Shaw, the filmmaker of Church People, and Thor Ramsey, one of the writers and main characters in the movie. The movie is coming out on DVD this September 3rd, and we want to catch up with them on feedback from the original release and some insights on the DVD release. So Church Dudes, welcome to the show. Why don't you give us an update on what's happened since the show was originally released? Well, it's also going to be available September 3rd on digital platforms. Oh, there we go. So not just DVD, but you can look, search your digital platforms for it. Yeah, in stores, online, virtually anywhere you get movies. Okay, and any virtually, place in particular you, you want to tell them to go to look for it on your things or anything to look up that we can put everything uh, on the well, website? September 3rd, I'll let you know. Where okay. <laughs> I'll go there. The, the main hub for the movie is churchpeoplefilm.com. Okay. So that's churchpeoplefilm.com. And if you are sharing about it on social media, the hashtag is hashtag churchpeoplefilm. Yeah, maybe we want to tell them about the film first, see if they want to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to see it yet. What's this film about? So, so give us a little bit on that. Maybe give us a little summary, and then we'll go into what's happened since you released it. Well, the summary of the plot, basically, it's about a youth pastor in crisis. He's a youth pastor of a mega church, a gigantic. He's the youth pastor of the church in America. That is that The pastor of that church is called America's Pastor. That's uh -huh. how important so this church is. And he is the pastor who tries every type of novelty that he can to attract people to church mm. and but he kind of gets off track in terms of he it becomes about the novelty you know he is he's uh shot himself out of a can and he's brought cows on stage and everything to illustrate things to bring people in and he's hit his glass ceiling and the youth pastor is going the opposite direction going we're getting away from preaching the gospel itself. Remember when we started this thing, we just preached the gospel. And so for Good Friday, the senior pastor is like, I need a big idea. And his big idea is to actually have a literal crucifixion on Good Friday. And <laughs> oh, that's wow. basically the plot. Yeah. That's the setup of the story. And if you want to see the rest, you're going to have to uh, rent it or buy the DVD September 3rd. But <laughs> I can attest to how the movie it is. It, it really is poignant as well as funny and great acting. And well, the thank film you. director didn't oh, do I'll that job that as, you know, <laughs> I'll say that for all the actors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you actually so, ended up hating your own performance. I ended up hating my own performance, but everyone else did, okay. did an amazing job. We have Stephen Baldwin <laughs> in it, China Phillips, China Phillips' husband, who's a Baldwin too. <laughs> Billy Baldwin. I can Baldwin, remember yeah. Baldwin she married. Just like, like, yeah. Michael Monks, Eric Cahill, Donald yeah. Faison, Joey Fatone. It's a great cast. It is a great cast. Wonderful and a wonderful job. Um, so what, what's the reactions and what feedback have you been hearing from the original release? The reactions have been uh, overwhelmingly positive. I mean, they've Good. been fabulous. Uh, we're very thrilled with the, uh, the reactions. I mean, I've heard people say that not only did they laugh all the way through it, some people cried, some people sobbed. Oh. And, you know, industry colleagues are appreciating all, the film and I just loving the a, film. There's no sobbing in comedy. Just so you know, <laughs> I don't know who did that, but well, 
which are, you know, anyway, but you know, I think the, the biggest reaction is people love the closing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. You hate to say that about your movie. People love the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's over, but no, they love the wrap up. Yes. The final 30, 35 minutes of the movie. They really loved which everything built towards. It does a good uh, job of putting a bow on the present. So that's satisfying. And then we tried to make it funny throughout too. What effect has it had on people that are in mega churches? What are you hearing back from them? Are they kind of angry about it or do they go, oh yeah, we've fallen well, into this get trap? Mixed, I'll be <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I say this yeah. to people, it is a satire, mm-hmm. but you can only satirize what you love. Uh, right. We love Jesus and we love the church. So it's not mean. When you when you see people that satirize something that they're that they don't love. Yes. And the satire comes across as mean. Like a right. lot of times when you see a satire on the United States military, you can tell the people writing those satires do not love the United States military. Correct. Uh, and because those satires often come across as mean-spirited. Some aren't mean. They're just trying to make their point. But I think a lot of times they're just, well, they're, they're a lot of times they're anti-military, mm-hmm. and which makes them anti you know, United States, which is a popular thing these days. It's always been a popular thing on the left, but we're not going to go in a political direction right now. But the point <laughs> is this. <laughs> More you, can for satirize, time. you can only satirize what you love. Yeah. And so it's not a mean satire, but it is a yeah. gentle poke with something that is a serious issue that brings serious attention yeah. to something within the church. And I think we do it in a very fun, uh, loving way because we're not against mega churches. I, I am against this. I'm against the mentality of the megachurch dominating the overall church. And right. I think that happens. And I think – now, we don't necessarily address that in the movie. We address really the methodology mm-hmm. of many megachurches, and that is to uh, appeal to the widest group of people you can to attract the most people, supposedly to preach the gospel to them. But if you're not preaching the whole truth to the people, you're not really doing anybody any favors um, and that's really the crux of the movie. And the movie, again, is like the church should always be centered in the gospel, not centered in its methodology. Right. Um, but, but my big point to church people now and, and everyone who's on a church staff anywhere, I wish this point would have gotten stronger in the movie. But again, it's, you know, you can't say everything in a movie. You make your one point and you move on. Maybe there'll be a sequel. But anyway, <laughs> um, go out and buy it September 3rd if you want to see a sequel. But anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's the mentality. Like, you know, I, I always use this illustration and then I'll shut up and let Christopher talk. But, um, <laughs> promises, I, promises. I can't make any promises. That's exactly it. But uh, <laughs> there are roughly about 400,000 churches in America. And now let's yeah. say only half of those believe the Bible. And I think we're being generous if we say half. But for the sake of illustration, let's say 200,000 mm-hmm. believe the Bible and preach the Bible. I think it's only 1,000 of those are mega churches. Mm. So you've got you know, 199,000 churches that have an average congregation size of 50 to 100 people. You know, Mm -hmm. some are a little larger, but that's your average. That's normal. And yet the entire church is dominated by the thinking. Every small church feels like they need to become a mega church. And my point Mm -hmm. is, no, 50 to 70 is normal. Love the people you're ministering to. Enjoy the people you're ministering. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the ride. Otherwise, you're always going to be feeling like you're, you're, you're scrambling to, for, for the newest and biggest and brightest, and you're looking for the golden goose where you can 
explode into a mega church. Yeah. And I think this mentality dominates the entire church, even those sitting in the pews mm-hmm. feel like, why aren't we becoming the mega church? Because right. we love our pastor. He's a great preacher. We love him. Yeah. And uh, why aren't we exploding in growth? It's like, well, because that is not the norm. Mm-hmm. And so, I, th- I think, you know, to go along with what end you're of saying more, <laughs> well, no, I think that's great because I look and I, I worry about the depth of what needs to be in the United States and American Christians right now to handle what's going to be coming. Yes. Because it's, it's getting darker out there. Oh, and the boy, only yeah. way we can be that shining light is if we have depth in us. And if we're always looking for the latest, newest thing to try and become, you know, a big church rather than a, a strong, deep church, I think we're I th- in trouble. I think for the first, I don't, I don't know for the first time, but I think right now we are poised right now to really do some amazing satirical films. I yeah. was just reading an article today going, this would make a great satire that I think if you get the right investor who wants to say the right thing, because mm-hmm. uh, I was just reading an article. So just in case there's somebody out there with $3 million and they want to look to invest it, hey, here's an idea. But I was reading an article about how the New York Times, which was at one time a bastion of true journalism, mm-hmm. and it's now just, it's a left-wing propaganda rag. That's all it is right now. Literally. Yeah. Come on, people. Really? Come on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. You can't dispute that unless you're on the left and you only want to dispute it then because it just destroys the credibility of this amazing newspaper. Anyway, the point is this. This is a great, I think, a great story is how the New York Times possibly suppressed the origination of the COVID virus because they've been taking money from China since, well, they stopped in 2020. So really now they're on the level, right? They stopped taking, but the point is this and how they just, their wokeism and their wrong think mentality. Like if you don't have the right narrative, they suppress things and they, I think it's, it'd be a funny satire about a journalist within the New York times trying uh. to get the truth of the story out. And they're being suppressed by the newspaper itself. There's satire in that. There is satire. <laughs> there is a huge amount of satire. And there's so many stories like this around the country. So yeah. I'm going, it's like, here's the thing that the conservatives and as Christians, we tend to be conservative, right? Yeah, yeah. We tend to be tr- people of the truth, but we want to conserve. That's the whole thing about we want to conserve the truth. Sorry, Christopher. Mm-hmm. I'm going on one more tangent here. <laughs> no worries, man. <laughs> but this one's for investors. Yeah, this one's for investors. <laughs> here's what conservatives <laughs> But their next movie. <laughs> well, here's what, here's what wealthy, really rich conservatives don't realize. Yeah. The reason culture has gone the way it has is because the left has always understood you communicate through the arts to capture people's hearts and minds. Yeah. yeah. Whereas conservatives are like, we're people of the truth. We want the truth. And it's like, you know what? The rest of society doesn't think this way. No. You know, if you're trying to persuade people, you have to persuade them emotionally. And I'm going, now's our time to really hone down and really do some great filmmaking in the satirical vein. You know, and they, Thor is a brilliant satirical writer. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. We, we always work together. So we're kind of a package deal. That's why he's saying that. So it's like, <laughs> how much did you pay him? He gets a gig. That's kind would of you, Would you pay him for that comment? What yeah, was so. that? Anyway, Christopher. The check's in the mail, right, Thor? Now, now Christopher can talk. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Here's the promise. He said you could talk, Christopher. So, so Bruce, um, what do you got for him? <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. What he, said, what he said. What he said. 
Well, kind of so tell us how the how this story how the how this all came to be. Yeah, sure. Well, why don't you start with your part of the story because you're you're the beginning part, and then bring it up well, to how you yeah, met I me. Enough was I'll, I'll just shorten it to say that uh, I started writing a screenplay in the late '90s, early 2000s on a youth pastor in crisis. Had a meeting with Sony Affirm, and uh, a great guy over there. I always mention because he was so generous to me, Josh Nadler. He phoned me five times and gave me notes over the phone on five rewrites uh, uh, but he's the guy i credit with uh the last rewrite he said what your story needs right now to bring all the characters together is a big idea and that's all he really said but i'm like okay well, that was enough to go what's the big idea yeah. and i had a friend who's a church planter call me up and he says you're not gonna believe what this gigantic mega church is doing on good friday i'm like well, what are they doing tell me i'm all ears he's like they're crucifying someone and there's no way because i'm looking at their social media page <laughs> so i go to their social media page now they weren't actually crucifying someone okay they were having a passion play but it was going to be so realistic mm -hmm. they had all these warnings and it seemed like they were actually going to crucify someone but what struck me is so many evangelical pastors had done such crazy things to attract people to church yeah. that for just a second, my friend and I actually believed that an American evangelical church would mm -hmm. literally crucify someone on Good Friday to attract people. And I knew right then, there's my big idea. Yeah, there's a <laughs> and then I just ran with it after that. And uh, so I wrote the script and then I started looking because I'm like, I just want to get this made. So I started looking for filmmakers. Enter Christopher Sean Shaw. Okay. <laughs> So I connected with Thor on Facebook in 2009, mm -hmm. and we had very sparse communications. Thor's a very short communicator in writing, and I'm a very <laughs> verbose communicator in writing. Well, you have to so. know the difference between a text and a phone call. I, by that. <laughs> I know there's a generation now that they communicate by text, but I'm going, email and text is not communicating. Like, I'm emailing with this guy the other day going, you know, all your, your emails warrant a longer conversation. And he's like, well, I'm really uncomfortable with, like, what are your specific concerns? I'm like, what are my concerns? My concerns are like, this is a conversation. That's my concern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't email you a conversation. I've got to have that in person. I'm, I'm old school. I need to talk to your face. Anyway, go ahead. I live in Northern California, and I was uh -huh. preparing to go down to Southern California to work on the 2010 168 film project. And... I had already reached out to some comedians, shout out to John Branion, shout out to Michael Jr. And I wanted to network with Christian Comics to do some content. And I was going to reach out to Thor, but I hadn't gotten to it yet. And it just well, sort I know of- I'm third on that list. <laughs> like, shout out to John, shout out to Michael Jr. And then there was Thor. Was and then there's Thor. I wasn't even number one on the list. But anyway. Well, you're number one on the list now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> But he beat me to the punch. Um, like I said, we had some very sparse communications, but he just sends me this Facebook message out of the blue that says, tell me about your film background, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, what's this? Because I was a Thor Ramsey fanboy, and I'm like freaking out. Like, what does he want? Is he, mm -hmm. is he doing a show? Does he want to interview filmmakers? Like, well, what, what's me, going on? Listen there. Christopher was making videos of his goldfish. Literally. Yeah. He had a... I don't know if it was a web series, but he had a series with his goldfish called Goldie the Goldfish. And uh -huh. the, the, the videography was pretty good. I'm like, wow. He's, He'd do that I'm, with I'm, a goldfish. He'll make me look that, great. Yeah, the goldfish looks great. If you can do this with me, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> goldfish looked good. He was single at the time. That should, we should, that should be 
uh, without question that a, a guy who's making videos of his goldfish is single. So there you go. Know, <laughs> James calling out for help. A studio apartment. Calling out for help. <laughs> studio apartments making videos of his goldfish. Yeah, it was a cry for help. Oh, man. Well, to be clear, it was a one-bedroom apartment. Thank you very much, Thor Ramsey. But, um, <laughs> but yes, I was making these quirky videos with my goldfish, which you can still find on YouTube and on uh, Facebook. Goldie has her own own page, Goldie the Goldfish. Anyway, so I was sending the, I was posting these on Facebook. I was sending them to comics, and Thor saw one of them. And he reached out, but I didn't know this when he reached out, tell me about your film background, dot, dot, dot. Like, what is this all about, right? Mm -hmm. Well, little did I know at the time, he had this script called Youth Group, which later became Church People, but he had this script called Youth Group that he wanted to connect with filmmakers and make. And um, when I responded to his email or, or to his uh, Facebook message, I think I was impressed, I would say by the Lord, to uh, go ahead and ask him to be on your 168 Film Project team. Shout out to 168film.com, by the way. Lots of great stuff coming through that competition. And so I did, and uh, long story short, he graciously accepted, and we worked on a project called Skip Listening, which we now have a feature-length script for as well. So oh, good. hint, hint, if anybody wants to fund a uh, fun comedy about a radio DJ uh, who goes deaf. It's a really fun one. Um, so anyway, um, so we worked on Skip Listening. It was such a great experience. I still remember we were sitting in editing with our editor, Matthew Reithmeyer, and uh, I was hoping Thor would want to continue to collaborate together. And so I was like, so do you want to do this again next year? And he's like, next year? I want to do this again next week. <laughs> yeah all right so we actually have done several 168 film projects together we've probably got about 10 or so short films under our belt um in collaboration with each other mm -hmm. and uh church people is our first of hopefully many features okay good well what are you looking for in the rollout of the dvd how can people listening to this really help you buy it of course pray for you anything else that they could be doing to promote it? buy a copy to give to others how about that I, there you go <laughs> it'd be a good labor day present there you go yeah and i would also say um social media is huge if you could share it on all your social media platforms if you okay. do buy a hard copy of it take a selfie with you and the dvd and post it ah. and, uh, another way they can help is, you know, if they enjoy the film, give us an honest review on IMDb, um, Church People's on IMDb. I believe it's going to be on Amazon as well as on uh, September 3rd. So please give us a rating. I don't know and a, people know what IMDb is. Internet Movie Database, imdb.com. So if you go to IMDb, um, you can search actors and what movies they've been in. You can search movies and find out what actors have been in. But there's also a way to rate it. You can give it a star rating. Mm -hmm. And you can also write a review similar to what you can do on Amazon. It's really a website for movie buffs in a sense. Right. Yeah. If you love yeah. movies, then most people are familiar with international movies. IMDB. It's got a horrible title. It's got a yeah. horrible, it, you know, yeah. it's not even an acronym. But anyway, I always stress that. But IMDB is a, is a big one for, for movie fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So give us a star rating and, and give us a, an honest review. And um, that really helps the metrics on uh, both IMDb as well as on Amazon. And of course, you know, take pictures of you holding the DVD and post it on Facebook, LinkedIn, like Twitter, idea. Instagram, share the trailer. I mean, word of mouth is very, very helpful, especially okay. on social yeah, media. Less expensive. 
Yeah, and less expensive. <laughs> Our budgets now, it's gone. It's gone. Our budget for promotion is gone. <laughs> Anything else you want to say about uh, the movie or what else you're into and doing? We're working on tons of stuff. I mean, yeah, Thor's, Thor's written about four or five screenplays this year in collaboration with other people. Yeah, I'm really excited. I really ended up liking the uh, – I worked on Church People with a gentleman by the name of Wes Halula. Mm -hmm. And uh, Wes has been a good friend for years now. But uh, that was really an enjoyable process. We literally spent about a month together doing the final rewrite, you know, because mm -hmm. I probably did – I'm not even joking. Over 30 – I did 30 rewrites by myself. Wow. The script. So we probably have three different stories there, really. <laughs> but <laughs> At least. Uh, and then Wes and I did the final rewrite uh, together, and that was a really enjoyable process. And so I just started really through Christopher, partially. Christopher mentioned that there was a comedian by the name of Bob Smiley, people are probably familiar with, and Bob mm -hmm. Smiley and I. Christopher had mentioned that Bob had talked to him about wanting to write a screenplay, but he'd never written a screenplay before. So I contacted Bob and asked him what the story was and said, yeah, let's, let's work on that. So Bob and I wrote a screenplay together. And then I've been really good friends with Darren Streblo and Leland Clausen and Bone Hampton, who are all comedians. We've been friends for over 20 years. Darren and Leland and I used to tour together back in the day. We did a pure comedy tour. But we never figured out how to do something together, even on stage. So, okay. And then as time goes on, it's like I wasn't talking to the – I used to talk to these guys – once or twice a week, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes three times a week, we'd be talking on the phone and we all lived in different states and everything. I remember my wife asking me one time, how important are these relationships? Because here's our phone bill and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we need to change our plan because, uh, you know, they're important. So, but anyway, with Zoom now, I will say this is one of the, the yeah. one positive thing that came out of the pandemic for mm -hmm. me is Zoom which I think was probably, I think Wes and I used Zoom partially when we wrote the screenplay, but I, I don't even know if it was Zoom because it was like, I'd never seen anything like this before, but we could share the screen, blah, blah, blah. But most right. of the time we got together live. But with Zoom, first of the year, I contacted my three buddies and said, let's do something together. Why don't we write a screenplay? And so we worked out this process. It was really like, almost like we created a game show. You know, mm -hmm. we all had to come back with 10 premises and then we narrowed those premises down to our, our favorite two from each person. And then we narrowed those down to our favorite one from each person, which narrowed us down to four. And then we came up with our favorite. And there's our premise. Let's work out the storyline. And then we did that. And then we wrote a screenplay. So we wrote a screenplay together. It's a comedy. And we wrote it so that we could all be in it together is the idea. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's just an outright screwball comedy. Now, it has a Christian theme and a subtext to it. But it's not like... And Christopher and I are pretty much on the same page. When, when I start a project, I never start out with, what do I want to say? Mm -hmm. I always start out with, what's an idea I'm excited about? What's a story that I'm excited about? Yeah. And that's where I start. Because if you have a Christian worldview, your worldview will work its way into the story. Mm -hmm. And generally, if your story is set, for instance, church people was dealing with the church culture. So we didn't have to force the message right. in. It was just there. Yeah. So, which I, that's what I love about this particular film. And then Brad Stein, Brad had an idea. He had a premise for a script. And then I had an idea about how I wanted to begin a Christian script, but I didn't have the story. So as Brad gave me his idea and I had this idea of my own and they came together, I'm like, I know, I know how to deal with this. I know how to write this. And I really got excited about it. It's called the revenge of Adam and Eve. 
and it's a movie about marriage. And <laughs> again, it's the theme is built in. We don't mm -hmm. have to force the theme into it. Right. And out of all the screenplays I've worked on, I think The Revenge of Adam and Eve, if we can get that funded, that'll be the most unique Christian film ever made in my yep. opinion. Wow. Never seen anything like it. I think the story, just the way it's presented, the storyline, yeah. it's not just the storyline, it's just the way that it's presented. It's just fun, really, really fun. Really fun. And then Brad and I, of course, would be in that too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. With our, giving ourselves jobs is what we're doing. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, and then Christopher and I right now with uh, another gentleman named Darren Kogan, and we're writing a time travel comedy. So I don't know if people have considered time travel from a theological perspective, but we're doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun, man. But I've never worked harder on a script than that one. Uh, huh. Because time travel is really difficult when you're trying to tell a time travel story, keeping it all consistent. You know, are like, you going back and forward? Uh, no, back? we're just going. Well, yes and no. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll take as, as you yeah. can't tell us. So yeah. that's all right. Yes and no. Okay. All right. We, we, we're going forward. We have people from the future coming back. I'll put it that okay. way. We can't right. afford to show the future. We don't have that big a budget. <laughs> what is, yeah. but you can show what people well, look like it depends on who back. if we get an investor that wants to do more with the film then yeah yeah we'll yeah. show the picture <laughs> yeah. but right now we're, we're we're writing the script it's oddly oddly as the as you do more films you start writing toward a budget mm -hmm. yeah like you don't just write like like when you first start writing your first initial scripts you don't even worry about budget Mm -hmm. Until you actually make a movie, <laughs> then you go, all right, there's <laughs> too many characters, yeah. there's yeah. too many sets, there's too many changes of location. It's like, yeah. like, okay, we got four changes of a location. That's it. Four locations. Wow. Minimal characters. A lot to think about. <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah, we're saving that our sounds exciting. special effects. I want to I read the script now. <laughs> When's the book coming out? That's fabulous. Anything well, I else? No I do have a novel that'll be published hopefully this year too. Oh, that's good. In, that's in the works. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know how you get all that done. It's. And I have a and I have a comedy cooking show that um, I did with comedian Scott Wood, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, pediatrician uh, Dr. Watson. Tim Watson was our financier on that, but it's called Something Smells Funny, and that should be on Tubi TV sometime this year as well. I just don't okay. know when. Oh, great. Tubi's a new big platform. Happening. Big, big things going on. Yep. So All right. Well, um, if there isn't anything else, then thank you for your time. Thank you for telling us, you know, about this coming back out and uh, what's been going on with it so far. All I can say to anybody listening, it is a fabulous movie, very poignant, brings things home and helps you understand the points they were talking about earlier about maybe how we've gotten a little out of whack of what we whole purpose here is in the United States focusing on the wrong thing and, and getting us back to what really matters and how to truly affect people for Christ. So thank you too, for both what you do. The thing I love about it is, is that God has a sense of humor and you guys both have great sense of humor. So, you know, that is, that is wonderful. Keep up the great work and God bless you. Thanks, thank Bruce. you, Bruce. God bless All you right. too. Okay. We'll see you later. All right.